How is everyone? You are allowed to whoop. You are allowed to say whoop. You guys good? Online, you guys good? I can hear them. They're, they're, they're saying whoop, whoop in their living rooms. Oh, wow. Worship team, thank you so much. What a way to start. I was in tears through the whole of it because it was really good, mind. It was really good. Well, welcome to Vision Sunday. Welcome uh, to those of you that have been, um, whether, like Josh said, whether it's your first time with us or, it's, uh, or you've been journeying uh, with us for weeks, months, years. What a year 2020 was, one for the books. And at the beginning of uh, 2020, we could not see where the year would go. No, no one, I saw no one making face masks in January. But because of 2 Peter 3.11, the verse that we took into this year, what kind of people ought we to be, we defined how we were going to live it, regardless of our circumstances, and we created the opportunity for us to all walk into 2020 with vision. And I've said it before um, in a few family matters, but I just want to say just thank you um, from the bottom of um, our hearts as an eldership to every single one of you that has just walked with us, worshiping God, hearing from God, and just walking last year. We couldn't have done it without you. We could not have done it without you. And um, I also just um, really quickly just step outside of church a second. I just want to acknowledge... um, from the platform, not just today, but from all the months, months before and also going ahead. I wonder if we could just do a round of applause for all NHS workers, teachers, and key workers. Can we just thank them? Thank you. Thank you. You know, there, are, um, there, there were things that we weren't able to do last year, but I wanted to, um, I just wanted to just um, give a taste of what we'll be doing when, when, we, when we meet back in the building and we're able to sing. Singing, singing is the kind of the thing right now where it will be like back to what church was. Um, but there were 13 babies born in 2020. And I'm just going to just, I just want to say their names, Jesse, Evangeline, uh, Eliana, Poppy, fantastic name that one, Elijah, Max, Eden, Joshua, Olive, Eden, Anu, Honor, Arthur. Some of them are here today, but I just wanted to say we're welcome to the family. Um, and, and, and also, just to, going on last year, just with the, how amazing kids' work um, went, Rosie, I know you're at the back, and I know you're going to kill me for saying your name, but Rosie, thank you for all the videos that were made, Lighthouse, all the, all the crafts that were sent through the post. There'll be a meeting that we're going to do another kids' meeting at the beginning of this month, another one. Um, last year, um, again, I'm going to have um, people telling me off. Nigel and Jill retired from eldership last year. I just want to acknowledge you guys. I know you're watching from your iPad at home. We love you, Nigel and Jill. Um, Tim, Tim and Maria running the youth. Your team have been amazing connecting with all the youth and kids. Thank you so much. Um, Andy Williams is uh, in Northern Ireland right now, but he told me to say to all the guys behind, how amazing has worship been this year? 
Seriously, amazing. Um, I am going to say I'm not going to be able to remember everything, okay? So please, please come and find me and tell me if I've missed. But um, prayer this year, Ben Morris, Peter Scott, Michael Caroline, Smith, just driving prayer in a new way this year. Thank you. Um, yeah, just things like Bath Festivals and Bath Box Office, moving into the offices, which will be starting this year, which is amazing. Helps Ministry being birthed. Prophetic encouragement happening over Zoom. The Hardship Fund that was launched. Life groups just continuing to grow in this season. We had two Alpha courses and one Kickstart um, going through online. And thanks to the Alpha team and Kickstart, there are 16 people joining our church this year from it. And I just want to know Jonathan and Helen are at the back there, but thank you. I know Tony and Julia are watching. Thank you, guys. We, we did Encore with uh, Robert and Sue Henderson, just perfectly moved on to online. Wasn't that so good? Weekly words from the messages from you guys preaching, um, Cara Soul Sessions, Round the Table, and of course, the production team that have done a fantastic job moving everything online. And of course, all the staff that work here, Rosie, Helen, Bryn, everyone else, that guys that have been serving this time, thank you so much. 2020. Come on. I, we, fulfilled, we fulfilled not just ending 2020 of deciding what kind of people ought we to be because we're continuing it, but we embodied it. We took the vision that was given to us at the beginning of the year and we made it our own. Thank you. So before I, before I talk about... Um, you know, where we're looking and where we're walking into um, this year. Meeting together, I just want to say, has obviously been a topic for um, most people. My emails uh, come in most uh, every other week. People are asking, when are we meeting back together? And we made an announcement around sort of August, September time, saying that we believe, we're thinking that if the way things go, we're thinking around Easter time is where we think church will be um, back to normal in the sense that we'll be meeting in here, but we'll be able to sing. Um, and we're still believing that, that it looks like the case. Now, depending on what happens um, week to week, as you guys know, the news is changing quite a lot at the moment. But we're, 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 we're intentionally looking to meet, but want to do it when it's safe for us and when it works for us. So thank you so much for those of you in the building. We'll still be doing meetings um, from now until then. Um, and we're just going to keep rolling with it. So thank you for your flexibility and, and just pray for wisdom. It's what we need. It's what this nation needs. Would you agree? Wisdom right now. And it, you know, it takes a church to pray for that, for it to happen. So pray for our nation. So just close your eyes for a second. Now open them. Fresh vision. You can now see. We're not walking into this year in darkness. We're not walking into this year without hearing and knowing what the Lord is asking us to do this year, church. You know, Josh was saying 2020, very chaotic, very discouraging. And it's easy to feel like we might have just moved into a new year, but actually nothing has changed. But no, this has changed. And, and, and what we're going to be looking for in all of us this year is coming from a verse specifically in Philippians, Philippians 3. And we're going to be hanging this year on a statement that Paul made while he was in prison. You know, for those of you who don't know, the, the book of Philippians it was the first Jesus community that Paul started in Eastern Europe. You can read how it started in Acts 16. 
It was the city of Philippi, and it was a Roman colony in ancient Macedonia. And when Paul was there, he faced persecution by announcing that Jesus is the king of the world. And after he left, he created a community of believers, true followers of Jesus, that started this community. And Paul writes this letter years later to these people. And what's, I mean, just to use your imagination for what a prison looks like in 50, 50, 55 AD. But he, he wrote this letter mainly because a man from that community called Ephroditus, he was sent from Philippi to go and tend to Paul, to look after him, to give him a financial gift, to bless him, because Paul was in chains. And it's, it's, it's amazing to think, guys, that a church, hearing a brother in need, sends one man in generosity to, to love and support Paul while he's in prison. And because of that generosity, Paul writes this letter. It, it really is amazing. You know, Proverbs eleven twenty five. I say it all the time, the generous will prosper and those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Who, who can we refresh today? Who can we refresh in our lives that need encouragement right now? Maybe there's someone in our phones that we need to text right now saying, let's jump on Zoom and have a coffee. And Paul, as he's writing this letter, he's writing it in the reflection of, I may never leave this prison. Because he says, he says in Philippians 1, for me, Living means living for Christ, and dying is even better. But if I live, I can do no more fruitful work for Christ. So I really don't know which is better. This is a man writing, not knowing what his future is going to be. This might be the end. I may never leave this prison. And then he goes on to say this in chapter 3, which is this verse that we are going to hang 2021 on. And I'm going to put it up on the screen, and I want us to read it together. I'm going to put it up there. It's Philippians 3, 13 and 14. Let me know when it's up there. Oh. Oh. Okay. Well. For those of you online, there's just some intent issues going on in the production team that we need to deal with. Really sorry. All right. I'm going to read it to you guys. If you open your Bibles to Philippians 3, um, 14 to 15, it's, uh, and it says this, I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. I'm going to read it again. I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. What a statement from a man that is in chains. What a statement for a man who does not know if this is going to be his last letter that he writes. Thinking of his life, thinking about everything that he has done for the Lord up to now, I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past, 
looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. You can see the the, the vision statement above, and there are three words that we're breaking this verse up for the rest of the year. And it's a process that individually and corporately we are all going to go through. And it's three words. You can see it above my head. Simplify, amplify, multiply. This year. We're going to simplify, we're going to amplify, and we are going to multiply. If I start on simplify, the the first sentence in this verse that Paul writes is he says... I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. After anything traumatic, after anything that has shocked you, you you all, we all have to stop, breathe, and refocus. You know, if there's anything that last year has taught us, we've all unintentionally or intentionally within the lockdowns, within the shock of last year, we've all intentionally pursued the things that matter to us the most. Would you agree? We've realized what matters the most. We've realized, actually, the things that we can live without and the things that we can. I've heard many people say, I can live without the commute to work. And to simplify what has happened to us right now looks like us asking the question, has our love for Jesus grown last year? And are we going into this year more aware of him, more, more intently pursuing him, looking at him? And choosing to live by his ways because of what's happened. In 2005, I was in a car accident. And about 30 seconds before that car accident, the Lord told me to put my seatbelt on because it wasn't on. And it wasn't on for a number of reasons that I was at a party that I shouldn't have been at. And I was moving in a place and I was moving away from God through pain, anger, frustration, and hurt. And I was so mad at God. And yet in the midst of my pain, in the midst of my frustration and my lostness, a small still voice told me to put my seatbelt on. I put my seatbelt on. And about five to ten seconds later, we were in a car accident, and our car that I was in had six people in, in a five-seater car. The car didn't hit anyone. It drove into an embankment, and it rolled down a hill three times. And I was the only one in the back seat with my seatbelt on, and my window was open. And the way that the car fell, the way that the car rolled meant that my body was stopping my friends from falling out and also myself was strapped in so I couldn't fall out of the car and the car would have rolled on top of me. 
as soon as the accident stopped, I crawled out the car last, I stood there with my friends, and none of us had a, a scratch on us. The windscreen had smashed, it had come in and hit all of us. No cuts on anybody's faces. And I stood there shaking with the adrenaline running through my body, more aware and realizing that in this crash, I was saved by the Lord. And it was the reality of hitting that regardless of my pain and frustration, he met me where I was. And from that moment, the next day, I went straight to a friend of mine and I said, this is what's happened. And I know that God is calling me back. He saved my life. And from that moment of when the shock surpassed, when the realization of realizing who God really is, that he is a loving father and that he has a plan for my life and he has a plan for your life too, I had to stop everything that I thought I knew about him and start again. I had to simplify. I had to go back to the very beginning. I grew up in this church. I grew up singing the same songs that we sang, and yet I somehow lost my way, and I had to come back to the simple realization that he is God, and I am just Jonathan. <laughs> and I have, been, I have been on a rebuilding process since then, and I do not want us to go into 2021 without taking on the, ver the, the word simplify, because the church needs to simplify what we do. I think, we, I think if there's one thing that the Lord has spoken to me and to the, the eldership and, 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 and churches around the world globally is that we've made it a bit complicated. And it hap we only make it complicated is when we take our eyes off Jesus. It's when we take our eyes off him. Luke 10, Jesus goes to the home of Mary and Martha and Mary. Read this. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. You see that Jesus is looking at Martha saying, you're worried about many things, not just the preparation. It's many things. And then Jesus very slightly says, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. And Mary was sitting at Jesus' feet. Jesus is the one thing. Jesus is the only thing. Jesus is the one thing that we need right now. Amen? Hands up if we agree we need Jesus right now. It is so good to have people in this building. We're bored of preaching to empty seats. We're going to spend 
the next four months on this word simplify, and we're going to dig into what it means for all of us corporately to simplify our walk with Jesus again. Who's up for that? This is, this is the greatest invitation for 2021. I, I just feel it in my bones, the sense of coming to a place again, first love, first love again, coming back to that, coming back to that point of Jesus, it's all about you. It's all about you. And then the next word for this year is amplify. Can everyone say amplify? Amplify meaning to increase the volume. See, there is something on this house, there's something on you, there's something when a body of believers come together, focusing our eyes on Jesus, listening to him, learning from him, following him. That when you, when you become like that, then the next thing happens is that what you have to say needs to be amplified. Your life needs to be amplified. Look at this. When Peter, you would say that Peter had failed so miserably that he, he denied Jesus three times. And in his denial, Jesus met him where he was. He's speaking to him in John 21. And a third time, he's having this conversation with Peter. And he says, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was hurt that Jesus asked this question a third time. And he said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And then Jesus said this, Peter, then feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. See, do you, do you notice in that transaction we just had is that Peter and Jesus are just simplifying their relationship? They're just choosing to actually get back onto the same play, page where Peter's saying, Jesus, it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I love you. It's all about you. And Jesus' response is, because you love me and because you're looking at me, the response now is, amplify. Peter, go and feed my sheep. You see, the amplify is, what has God asked you to do? What's on your life? What is it that only you can do because God has asked you to do it? Before you were born, before anyone said your name, God chose you to be born at this time, to be a part of his master plan for this world. Yes, there is a corporate, there is a corporate thing on this church, which I'm going to talk about in a second, but individually amplifying Doing and being the person that you know God has asked you to be. I believe there's a line in the sand, church, for us to truly realize that now is the time for us to stand. To be the church, not go to church. Jesus was saying, just like Paul is to us, where he says, press on. See, the verse, it says, and looking forward to what lies ahead, Paul in prison, in chains, I press on. What is it that we, you, need to be pressing on this year? What does it look like for God to amplify your life in 2021? You know, another way to flip it is, what has gotten quiet that you know needs to get louder? We are not allowed to shrink back. 
He, the, the writer in Hebrew says, but my righteous one will live by faith, and I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. But we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. We are not to shrink. We are a part of the glorious kingdom of God, church. We are not called to shrink in this time. Ruth and I had just um, an amazing um, time last week of being able to talk to Pete and Barbie Reynolds um, over Zoom. Um, for those of you who don't know, um, over 50 years ago, Pete and Barbie were students at Bath Uni, and they gathered three, four, I think six or eight people that just wanted, just like this verse, to focus their eyes on Jesus and love him, and a congregation, a small group of people, and an ecclesia were born out of this pursuit of Jesus, and, and it started to grow, and they were, started baptizing people in the bathtub, and then they, and they started, the houses were not big enough to contain the people that were joining, and then they started moving from community centers, community halls, and then they went into little churches, and it grew, and where it got to today is right now, this is the seed, this is the fruit of the seed that was planted over 50 years ago, Life Church Bath. And we are a part of a family and a, and a destiny that's on this church that was birthed out of this house touching the world. Not about just touching the people you see left and right on your seat, that we are in a church. This house has a sound, it has a destiny to touch the nations. I've, I've seen it long enough, if whether this is your first week or you've been here 50 years, there are people that are born into this church, that whether you, whether you come from another country, another city, another town, there's something about this house, that, that there's a grace on this house that it trains you to be who God's called you to be, and then you go to the nations. There are missionaries that have left this house. There are churches that have been birthed from this house. You need to recognize the seats that you are sitting in are going to send you in a direction. You, you, you are in a, you're in a university that trains and equips people to go change the world. Are you ready? Amplify. There is a sound that God wants us to amplify. There, there are things that God is going to speak to us in this year. Even in the next four months as we simplify, there are things that God's going to say to you that you've never heard or he's going to remind you that there are simple things that we need to apply to our lives, that in the fruit of simplification, we then amplify. We know what he's asking us to say. We know what he's asking us to do. And then the last is multiply. Can everyone say multiply? Everything that Jesus did was for others. And the last thing he did when his disciples, as he is speaking to his disciples in Matthew 28, he says this, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all of the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And I want to clearly just say this. Jesus is clearly stating that if you are a follower of Jesus, it means that you have disciples. And if you have disciples, we are now commissioned to tell them the ways of Jesus. 
Whether Jesus has taught you something, healed you, built you, led you, corrected you, it's not just for you, church. It, our lives are planted in the ground. He, he, Jesus is saying this parable in John 12, 23, True, truly I say to you, unless a grain of wheat dies, it falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. And whoever loves his life loses it. And whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. These are commands that Jesus has given us. Life Church Bath to realize that our lives are meant to make disciples. Everything that you've witnessed, like I said it at Christmas, the, the shepherds, they worship Jesus by telling everybody what they saw in the manger. They might not have been evangelists, and you might say, well, I'm not an evangelist. It doesn't matter. You, we are all called to be witnesses. Our lives are to be witnesses to what we have seen Jesus do in our lives, and we need to tell others. Everything, everything that you say Jesus has done for you is not just for you, church. It's to be shared. It's to be given. Because God is going to put people in your life that need the same miracle that you received last year. There are things that you've received that actually you'll realize was actually never for me. It was for my neighbor because I now have a testimony. I have something that I can bring to them that is Jesus in the flesh saying, this is what he did. And multiplication is not a numbers thing. This is not about amounts. You know, when we all stand before the Lord, he's never going to say, well done, good and fruitful servant. He's going to say what? Faithful. About being faithful to what we've all been given. Being faithful to what we know is in our hands. I, um, I lost a, a, a dear friend last week to cancer. Um, some of you will know um, Herbert Kayanta from Wellspring. He went home to be with the Lord. And I've, I've um, just been reflecting on his life um, since then. Two years ago, um, Dan and I, um, we had the privilege of going to um, Wellspring in Uganda and being able to um, be involved in their leaders conference. And one of the days, Herbert took me and Dan out for a drive and we drove about five miles away from his home and we went to this plot of land um, that um, was just completely untouched. It was, it was, it was the bush, is what you would call it. But in Uganda, it was just beautiful, like just wild fruit everywhere, luscious green plants. And, he, and the reason why he took us to this place of land is that he said, this land has been given to us by the Ugandan government, and they've asked us to build two things, a hospital and a school, a university. And I, and I remember it just being like, it was just an amazing, amazing um, testimony of the, you know, really the fulfillment of Matthew 28. You know, we, we're called as people of God, not to just disciple people, but disciple nations. And when you have government, governments coming to you and asking you to build something for their nation, I just think this is, this is, this is, this is the destiny of the church. This is what we're called to be. And I remember Herbert standing there looking over this green, green um, field. Not being able, all you could see was bush, but he was a kingdom man, and he knew, he knew what I'm saying right here is that he was looking at saying, in the future, this place is going to make many disciples. And this man, 
just embodied what being a disciple of Jesus um, is. And we just, uh, I know Wellspring, we've watched, and uh, Eve, we love you, we love your kids, and we're praying for you through this difficult time. But Jesus set the bar, church, for disciples. Like Herbert, he didn't say to his disciples, just disciple people. He said disciple nations. And that is quite a high bar for us to think about right now. But it's the bar that Jesus has set, and we have to focus on that. We have to realize that this is our identity in Christ. This is what he's looking at the church. I want you to disciple nations. So, simplify, amplify, multiply. Say it with me. Simplify, amplify, multiply. I focused on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Remember, Paul was in prison when he wrote this, and some of you hearing this might still feel chained to last year. They might, you may feel chained to the past, you may feel chained to fear, whether it's doubt, disappointment, chained to something. I don't know what the position of the chains were for Paul in, in a prison that was 55 AD. I can't imagine it was pretty. But there was something in him, in his heart, he knew that there is no chains when I look into Jesus' eyes. There are no chains when I focus on one thing, which is Jesus. This is the word for us, church, for 2021, for us not to be defined by anything other than one man, Jesus Christ. Simplify, amplify, multiply. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna start this year by taking communion together. Can, I, can you just wave to me if you don't have a communion pot? I know for those of you at home, you've got your own, but brilliant. I know that everyone's, everyone's got. I'm going to ask the band if they want to just um, come and just get ready to start playing. I just want to ask one question to any of you that are watching today, whether it's online or in this room, before we take communion. Really, the question that will define all our, this whole year for us is, are you in right relationship with Jesus right now? Is there anything of last year that you need to deal with Jesus now before we take this cup and we take this bread? There may be, in fact, I know today there are people either here or they're watching, that actually today is the day that you've, you've logged on because you, you really want to sort of either give Jesus your last shot or actually hear, what's, what's the church going to say today going into 2021? And, and I, I just want to say to it, if whether it's you in this room or it's online, that Jesus loves you, he has a plan for you. Your life will never be the same again by putting your hand into Jesus' life. Into his hand, sorry. 
Romans 10 say, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And if that is you today, I just want to encourage you just to call on the name of Jesus. Just call, call on the name of Jesus because he's calling your name right now. Before we take this, uh, this communion together, I've never, see, I've never seen this in the uh, Passover. Never seen this. In Luke 22, when Jesus had finished eating but not presented the cup and the bread to his disciples, Luke 22 says this, and when the hour came, he reclined at the table and the apostles with him, and he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I, for I, tell you, I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And I picture this, okay, for 2021. Jesus looked at his disciples reclined and said to them, I am so excited to take this, this cup and this bread with you. I am earnestly excited. As you know, there's a betrayal that's about to happen. Judas betrays him. But there was something about Jesus that he looked into the eye of every disciple in that room him knowing what he was about to suffer, knowing what he was about to do for you, for me. In his suffering, he said, I am so excited to take this cup and this bread because I know what it's going to mean and what it's going to do for every single one of you right now. There is an excitement. I, I've never seen it before in this way. That we picture, we know Jesus, he sweated blood, realizing what was going to happen. But in that moment, he looked to his friends. He looked to his disciples. He leant back and said, I am so excited to take this because I know what's going to happen after. I know who you're going to become when I go to the cross for you. We serve a God, not like the other gods, that says, you must die for me. Jesus says, I will die for you. He died for you. And we're putting 2021 into the hands of Jesus by looking into him saying, Jesus, would you simplify, would you amplify, and would you multiply me in this year? Why don't you just close your eyes and just focus your attention on Jesus? Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we are nothing without you. Jesus, you are everything. You are the Alpha and the Omega.
Jesus, like you have demonstrated to us year after year, decade after decade, generation after generation, Lord, that when we put our hand in you, not only are we safe, Lord, but we thrive. Lord, would you simplify me? Why don't we just say that before him? Lord, would you simplify me? Lord, would you amplify me? And Lord, would you multiply me? Lord, we take the bread in recognizing that what you went through, the pain, the torture, everything you went through, Lord, you did so for us so that we can say that we are healed by the stripes of Jesus. Jesus, we give you this year and we receive your body. Lord, as we, as we eat this bread, Father, may it be a sign of Life Church Bath becoming your body. Jesus, we, we also look at, as we hold this cup, realizing what this means, that the blood that you shed on the cross gives us authority over everything. And Lord, like Paul, who, when he wrote this verse, he was in chains. The blood of Jesus breaks every chain in the name of Jesus. You say it with me, the blood of Jesus breaks every chain. And Lord, we go into 2021, Father, with no chains on us. Father, we go into 2021 unhindered, focusing our attention on you, Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, to the king and his kingdom. Oh, thank you, Jesus. We're going we're gonna to just um, keep, just stay in this place, guys. You can stand or you can uh, stay seated. But I, I just want us to close our eyes and just through this song, just to focus our attention on Jesus. We're going to sing Build My Life. And the, the words in this song are, are a declaration into this year, Life Church Bath. And guys, there is a calling and a destiny on this house, and we are going to see it. We're going to taste it. We're going to allow the Lord to simplify us so that he can amplify us. And through our amplification, amplification, he will multiply us. Amen.